Thank you for joining us for another episode of COVID Conversations, a special presentation of OCPOD, the official podcast of the American College of Occupational and Environmental Medicine. These recordings began in December 2020 with the hope of discussing ongoing issues related to COVID-19 and SARS-CoV-2. We hope you enjoy. This is COVID Conversations. I'm Erin Ransford, and I'm here with our hosts, Drs. Ismail Nabil and Manny Berenji. Dr. Nabil is a Deputy Medical Director of Employee Health, Safety, and Wellness for the Mount Sinai Health System and an Associate Professor in the Department of Environmental Medicine and Public Health at the Icon School of Medicine. He is a Fellow of the American College of Occupational and Environmental Medicine and is the current Vice Chair of ACOM's Council on Scientific Affairs. Dr. Brenji is a board-certified physician specializing in occupational and environmental medicine, preventive medicine, and non-operative musculoskeletal medicine. An ACOM fellow, Dr. Brenji is active in the member communications committee and several special interest sections. She is the advising physician for corporate medical advisors and is about to start a new role at the VA in Los Angeles County after several years at Boston Medical Center. Today is August 19, 2021. In this episode, we discuss the impact of COVID-19 vaccine mandates. Hi, Dr. Nabil. Hi, Dr. Berenji. Thank you both once again for being here for another episode of COVID Conversations. Thank you, Erin. It's a pleasure to be here, Erin. I'm really enjoying this new format, Berenji myself, co-hosting. Exciting, exciting times. Indeed. Indeed. It is, as we said last time, and we're probably going to say every time after this, things change quickly. <laughs> it's no kidding, right? To talk about. That's right. That's right. So our topic today is vaccine mandates and what that means in the workplace. Has your workplace started implementing any mandates for its workers to get the COVID-19 vaccine? And how has that worked out? What does that mean for you? Oh, my God. Um, this question has been asked uh, sort of a million times. And I can tell you that uh, very recently, New York State and medical institution across New York have moved forward with mandatory vaccination requirement for all individuals who work in, in healthcare sectors. New York City itself has extended that requirement for everybody who wants to use additional services like going to the ballpark or eating lunch in a restaurant, which is a very, very interesting and unique uh, experiment indeed. We, we have never done such a thing before. But having said that, mandatory vaccinations uh, in some institutions, some healthcare institutions have some mandatory requirements for vaccination, particularly for flu shots. So that's not unusual for a healthcare entity. I, I do want to elaborate a little bit more on what it means. Uh, what it means is uh, people who are working in healthcare sector, especially in big institutions who employ a lot of people, there is a requirement put forth by the hospitals to have vaccinations against uh, SARS-CoV-2 infections or COVID-19 disease which means that across the board, workers who have been working with patients or uh, in a non-clinical role, but working for the hospitals, um, are required to comply with that requirement. And, th and that's a huge deal. That's a much, uh, that's a much bigger deal in terms of uh, implementing it. And that also brings up a lot of questions. Number one, I can't take that vaccine. So what are the exceptions? 
to not get the vaccine. The other common question I usually hear is, I'm not ready to get the vaccine yet, but yet my employer is is requiring this vaccine to be given to me. Uh, and is, is that uh, appropriate? So the, the, it sort of brings up a lot of questions. So many, what, what's your experience in terms of cities? Uh, in my current work, I do consult with a lot of different companies in the food sector, manufacturing, oil and gas. I feel like this topic of vaccine mandates has really come up a lot. I've spoken to folks in the C-suite. I've spoken to various workers from different settings. And having a mandate does have implications. There's still a lot of hesitation out there. You know, at least until fairly recently, vaccines were voluntary. We were encouraging everyone who could get the vaccine to get the vaccine. Once you incorporate a mandate, there's specific legal implications that come around. And a lot of times, if you're putting it in context of job security, and making it contingent on your ability to keep your job, that raises the stakes. I mean, I just spoke with a chief information officer last week who is very well-versed in the literature, understands the data, and still expressed a lot of skepticism about the COVID vaccines. He had actually developed COVID back in the winter, and he told me that hey, doc, you know, I understand where you're coming from and, you know, trying to have messaging across the board for the C-suite to be on top of vaccines and having a mandate, you know, I still have some concerns about that. And we actually had a really good conversation exploring uh, some of these areas. And at the end of the day, he understood the importance of setting that standard from the leadership level that vaccine mandates will help protect the workforce. A lot of places, especially in those areas where there's lower vaccination rates, unfortunately, there's still outbreaks of COVID. And we have to take into account community transmission rates, positivity rates, understanding the work dynamics of the particular work location. All of these factors come into play. But as subject matter experts, we in occupational medicine have to provide the best guidance based on scientific evidence. And the science is pointing that vaccines and enforcing vaccine mandates, especially in the healthcare setting, uh, will reap many benefits for the entire workforce. Very early on, hospitals and institutions were advised to start vaccinating uh, frontline healthcare workers. And for right reasons, because we've been involved in taking care of many sick patients, patients uh, severely affected with COVID-19 disease. So at the time, without the armor, as I call it, uh, without vaccines, most of the workers end up taking care of those patients and put themselves in the harm's way. That realization is really important uh, in terms of devising mandatory vaccine policies for hospitals. Hospitals started with building vaccine confidence among employees. Majority of employees are vaccinated in healthcare uh, setting. Um, There are some setbacks in terms of some settings like nursing homes or other venues where there is a less uptake of uh, vaccines than what we need to have in order to protect patients and residents. So it's important to understand that first, building the confidence 
to get COVID vaccine. And the data has been overwhelming that vaccine has been safe, it's been effective, it does prevent hospitalizations and death. And it's very, very important to create this mandatory requirement because we, we are dealing with very sick patients who are immunocompromised and can get very, very sick. And we know for a fact that employees who are infected can transmit that infection to their patients. So it's important for the public health perspective, for protecting patient, to advise the employees to get vaccinated against COVID-19. So that's the first part, building confidence. But then again, it comes with caveats. So initially, we didn't have understanding information about pregnant women. We do have enough safety profile for vaccines to move forward and immunize those individuals. And I'm happy to say that data uh, supports vaccinating pregnant females and or females who are uh, planning to get pregnant. Uh, CDC is now recommending that these individuals should get vaccinated. So again, these are important questions that need to be answered before we move into a concept of making sure that every single employee that works uh, for a healthcare setting need to get vaccinated. As we move forward, we have subset of employees who got vaccinated, but subset decided that it's too early to get vaccinated. They took their time. And then subsequently, as the more and more information became available, the safety of the uh, vaccines become much more uh, consolidated. Uh, there are a lot of people who shifted and changed. But subsets still held out. They still have reluctance to get vaccine. There's some other issues that we have seen in terms of religious beliefs, in terms of medical exemptions. As an occupational medicine physician, I, I need to understand those limitations to provide right information to individuals who are reluctant or still on the edge in terms of getting vaccinated. I actually have experienced this vaccine hesitancy working with frontline healthcare workers and those folks who expressed vaccine hesitancy primarily among African-Americans and other minority groups in particular, that's an area where, as healthcare professionals, we need to look at the literature, understand where these folks are coming from, especially among the African-American community. There's still memories of the Tuskegee experiments and various different programs over the past century that still has uh, lingering effects uh, on these descendants. And I actually had conversations with uh, many uh, African-American healthcare workers about this. And being able to address this in a way where we're sensitive to their concerns, but at the same time, able to provide high-quality evidence-based information, it can help protect them individually. It can help them protect their respective family members, many of whom may have some underlying comorbidities. Uh, maybe immunosuppressed or at higher risk for acquiring COVID or potentially breakthrough infections. Our job is to provide that information and be a resource, especially for our healthcare workers who may have reservations for whatever reason. As occupational medicine physicians who are practicing in a hospital settings, we've been asked to create a program that allows hospital to move towards mandatory requirement for vaccination. In order to uh, make sure that every single employee has been vaccinated. We need to ha have a clear understanding of how many people who have been vaccinated and how many people who are still 
waiting to be vaccinated or on the fence to get vaccinated. Some individuals might have gotten the single shot and then decided not to take the full dose of two doses of messenger RNA vaccine, and they, they will be considered unvaccinated. There are some individuals who might have held off because they have side effects associated with other immunizations and don't want to move forward because of fear of the allergic uh, reaction. So in, in, in essence, we need to start to create a program that allows us to understand what is the vaccination status among the employees, which is the first and foremost thing before you uh, move towards mandatory requirement for vaccination. How that process works. Uh, for institutions like ourselves, uh, people come from uh, three different states and to work in, in the institution. Their policies and programs, they are different in three different states. And you have to comply with the requirements from three different states. That it can be said for any big organization that employs hundreds and thousands of people, both nationally and internationally. How do you create a mandatory vaccination program that incorporates every single person, every single employee in the organization? But we're moving towards that. We're experimenting. We uh, understand what's at stake and how to move forward with it. So first and foremost thing that we did was uh, initially we... Um, figure out how many people are vaccinated. We asked them voluntarily to submit information about their vaccine status. Uh, New York City has also a requirement um, to show a vaccination card or a Excelsior pass that has been issued by New York State uh, that you can log in and create. And those Excelsior pass can be used as a, as a passport vaccination. And you could just show that on your phone, right? You show that on your phone and, and sort of you can get access to dining facilities or Broadway shows and other things. So that, that's where the city is moving towards. M moving forward, the next step is not only understanding what the status of the vaccination is among in an institution or a multinational organization, but also how to implement it. Like what, what are the next steps? Uh, there are deadlines that we need to put in front. We need to have uh, the leadership of the organization in sync with our efforts to move forward. And I can tell you that if, if the state or federal government um, start to require mandatory vaccination, that really helps an organization put together a, a formidable program uh, to do just that. Well, that's uh, interesting that you mentioned that, Ishmael, because President Biden made an announcement a few weeks ago trying to create a standard within the federal government and among federal government employees, making sure that uh, these individuals can attest to their vaccination status. And uh, at least for right now, uh, various departments within the federal government, uh, I know the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, for example, is uh, requiring more than its 25,000 members of its healthcare workforce to get vaccinated against COVID-19. Uh, this includes folks from the Indian Health Service and all the respective health agencies uh, within HHS. So having that federal standard uh, has helped employers and the private sector understand the implications in those cases where they're still kind of on the fence. The thing is, is that there will be a subset of folks who, for whatever reason, decide 
not to proceed with the vaccination. Coming up with a protocol for surveillance testing is really a topic of conversation. Uh, I know the CDC and uh, some other federal agencies have come out with some guidance on how employers can set up this uh, type of testing among uh, workers who elect to not get vaccinated. So you bring up an interesting point about weekly testing versus requiring individuals to get vaccinated. My experience suggests that the both cannot coexist together. You either put a mandatory requirement for getting vaccinated or you provide a option for those who are unvaccinated, a weekly testing schedule. Having said that, I, I think that more and more people are moving towards uh, mandatory vaccine requirements. We can even look at colleges and universities as an example. I know Indiana University is requiring all students and faculty and staff to get vaccinated to come back for the fall. And I think there were some Supreme Court challenges. I know a lot of people will have questions on, is this legal? I think the IU case went to the Supreme Court and it IU actually is allowed to mandate the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, of course, there are exemptions, uh, as there are, there probably would be for every single organization that implemented a vaccine mandate. But even even before the, the vaccines were prevalent, some of the colleges and universities were doing required testing. Yeah, and, and, and that, that's true. In order to have a safe work environment in, in the light of COVID, uh, we, we need to provide safe workplace. In order to provide safe workplace for employees, we need to have all possible options to reduce infection rates among the employees. And vaccination seems to be uh, the way to move forward with this. You, you bring up uh, some, some questions about the exemption. So currently, we do entertain religious and medical exemptions. But the, the challenging part for the occupational medicine physicians who are managing these programs is to understand where we can draw the line, how many experts need to be involved in these conversations, how much time we can give them to come up with exemptions if somebody really necessarily deserves that exemption based on their religious beliefs or having a, a medical issue that prohibits them from getting COVID-19 vaccines. These are very, very difficult questions to answer. And this expert panel usually uh, deliberate on these issues and, and come up with um, options for those individuals. But in majority of cases, I can say that vaccines are safe, effective, and uh, can be given. And that, that should be further highlighted by the fact that, what is it, 98% of the current COVID cases are in unvaccinated people? Well, that's that's the sad part about hospitalization is majority of individuals who are admitted in the hospital and being very sick are mostly unvaccinated individuals. So they're saying it's the pandemic of the unvaccinated right now. <laughs> Correct. Um, and the, my, my last part is, is really even more challenging in terms of implementation. Think about the multinational company or uh, institution with upwards of 50, 60,000 employees scattered across a whole state or multi-state employees. How do you intend to implement that mandate to get vaccinated? What do you think? Uh, this is a great question, Ishmael. And at least for right now, uh, having a carrot and stick approach uh, where you provide incentives to uh, employees to get vaccinated by a certain timeline or due date, if you will, 
Uh, that has been showing some positive reception. At the same time, we want to make sure that we're able to ensure that the uh, workforce and the workers who are getting vaccinated are uh, given assurances that they're doing the right thing for the general safety of their counterparts. So we want to make sure that we're providing high quality information from the CDC, uh, other entities that have really taken a deep dive into uh, the behavioral components of making these vaccine mandates and, you know, looking at best practices, uh, what works in particular employers, what doesn't work. Um, You know, we want to make sure that this is an inclusive process for everyone and making sure that folks have adequate resources uh, to inquire about uh, the implications of not getting vaccinated and uh, making these resources readily available. We have to be cognizant about uh, individuals who might stay stay at the fence and sort of not move forward with requirements put forth by the institution to get vaccinated. In those in those circumstances, there's a challenging part. Um, and we have seen some examples in Texas and other areas where hospitals were able to terminate those employments because they, they have not complied with the, the hospital requirements. That, that is a very important question um, in terms of how to move forward with mandatory vaccination. What, what is the outcome? What happens next is very, very important. And uh, to give you a perspective just, just in this regard, for example, in New York, as as more and more institution, more medical institutions are requiring now, even the Department of Health has stated that those individuals who work for the healthcare sector need to get vaccinated. There's a less and less incentive to move or move to a different organization uh, within New York State um, if you don't want to get vaccinated. So the opportunity for employment for those individuals are now limited. And that becomes another incentive to get vaccinated. We also have seen that with mandatory requirements, uh, the vaccination rates among um, employees uh, jumps significantly, upwards of 90 to 95%, uh, which is also very reassuring in terms of this might be a, a right step. So in our case as occupational medicine physicians, where we are trying to balance requirements of an institution with making sure that we also consider exemptions that are necessary for those individuals who can take the vaccine. Now, I, I think it, a work is cut out for us um, and we need to be cognizant of that and, and ethical about how we move forward. Absolutely. The Equal Employment Opportunity Commission has also chimed in on this. Uh, they had initially made their guidance readily known that Uh, Employers can require and actually can enforce employees to get COVID-19 vaccines, and they recently amended their guidance just about a week or two ago, uh, really trying to give employers that additional guidance that they need to really feel confident that vaccine mandates are the best policy for their respective workplaces. Thank you. This segues nicely. Uh, ACOM is having a webinar, a free webinar, uh, Healthcare Workers and the Issue of Mandatory Vaccination, coming up on August 26th. Uh, you can visit ACOM.org for more information on that. And thank you both very much. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks so much.
Thank you for joining us. We'll be back with another edition of COVID Conversations.